in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And without me, as last week and only a few times before that, is not your co-host, Andy Hart. Uh, Bunkers, uh, latest update from Andy. He is starting an OnlyFans. But here's the twist. He's starting an OnlyFans, but it's for fast food mascots. So... Andy tells me he has some hot deals lined up. He's got uh, Grimace is going to be onboarded soon. So you can watch Grimace finger itself. I don't know what Grimace is. You can watch finger Grimace finger bang itself, post nude photos of Grimace. You've got the Hamburglar. He does have the KFC Colonel. Um, Andy tells me that he is working on getting the Noid on board, but that the Noid is very difficult to work with, which, um, you know, Bugfuckers, I think you're seeing Andy's business sense come through here. I would never have approached the Noid for any kind of deal whatsoever. I don't know why uh, he thought that that was a good business venture. Uh, Bugfuckers, you know, this one, if you want to support it or not, I don't know. I think it's a little fucked up personally, but this is Andy's latest passion this week is he wants to start a fast food mascots, uh, you know, OnlyFans site. So, uh, you know, feel free to, I guess, Google that. I don't know. Bunk Funkers. But, um, you know, here's the thing, though, Bunk Funkers. Uh, we've got a great guest co-host here this week for you. Um, you know him. You love him. People have been calling him the AOL demo CD with limited minutes of podcasting. Please welcome to the show our good friend and yours, Ian Hamilton is here. Hello, Art and Hi, Bunk Nation. <laughs> No, we're not this, nation. We are live coast to coast. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think we're live. We're not live, Ian. This is a podcast. Oh. Um, so that means we can pause and I can dump out. <laughs> uh, I I really need to see what the definition of dump out is because I think that's like multiple different ways that it could go, and it's worrying me. Uh well, there's some uh German videos that will uh oh. tell you exactly what dump out means. Mm. Um I'm wondering German, with German dungeon porn. <laughs> with uh Andy's OnlyFans, uh-huh. I know he's a big fan of Burger Chef. Oh yeah. The Burger Chef mascot. Um I wonder if uh he's gonna do any like sort of dilf porn. <laughs> there's gonna be the, a lot of dilf 
style porn with the the, the burger chef uh he has like a sidekick i think yeah he he does uh unfortunately the sidekick is a i think teenage boy so oh unless okay. andy wants to get into some real fucking legal trouble i think he should stay away from burger chef i, and I know Wendy's, but- let's be honest like Maybe he can stretch the truth and just be like, oh, high school, but 18. <laughs> Something tells me this is going to go the way of his little rascals plan and a few of his other plots. But um, he tried to uh, he I remember a couple years ago, he he was really passionate about that punked style show where yeah. he farted on people. Right. What was it called? Do you remember? Uh, funked, maybe. Funked. Asked. Uh, it's some, you know, Andy gets these, he gets just like itch. He gets these schemes where he just, mm-hmm. and then he just kind of goes on like a bender. And like, I just have to let it ride out until he gets it out of his bloodstream. And then, yeah, he's, then he's he really, needs to like he, chill and sit on the open face toilet for like two years. <laughs> yeah. He's your Dennis Rodman going to Las Vegas. That's right. You got to let him just do his thing. He's the worm. He really is a worm. He's very <laughs> worm like. Um, speaking of stretching the truth, though, in today's topic, um, this is a true crime one. This was one that you're really going to be able to sink your teeth into, bunk funkers. This is mm-hmm. a whole enchilada. This is the Lost Dutch Girls of Panama. The Lost. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know if there's a title to it. It's two post-recently uh, graduated college students yeah. from the, the Netherlands mm-hmm. go on a trip to Panama. Mm-hmm. And are never seen again. So never seen again. In some very strange circumstances involving the evidence, uh, there might be a cover up by the Panamanian Ooh. government. Uh, we don't know, but uh, all I know is is that um, you know this is this is quite a hefty whole inch. A lot of whole. You're going to need a fork and right. a knife. Yeah, because this is a a hefty, hefty, hefty true crime whole enchilada. And of course, bunkfuckers, if you want to get to all that delicious research, that might I add up top. Give a shout out. The day's research and uh, and uh, the research portion was done by Ian Hamilton himself. That's Mr. Booker me. recruited you to come in and and um, do this research. Mm-hmm. This is all your work. Credit goes to you on this. So, well, Mr. Bunker is always he's always liked me. He's yeah. always supported me. Right. Um, he he really I don't I don't know he has a soft spot for me he uh, yeah it's he, uh, it's kind of weird yeah I mean I, I've I've done some bidding for him uh-huh. some you may or may not remember I, I flashy uh-huh. thingied you at one point uh, you, you showed you no me idea your tits about, uh, yeah, sure and um, you know I, so me and him have a sort of quid pro Ugh. quo going. Ugh. And he invited me to a fancy dinner party recently. What? Yeah. Um, I showed up in a tuxedo and I had a mask on, okay. not a COVID mask. You but showed a, up um, in a fucking tuxedo? I don't believe that. Yeah. If you're showing it, up anywhere, it's in a tuxedo t-shirt with a corduroy jacket over the front. It was a full tuxedo that happened no, to have right. the ass cut out. Okay. So, okay, an ass flap tuxedo. I get that. that the, there sense. was no flap. It was just the square was out. Okay. There's nothing to button tuxedo. up here. Yeah. <laughs> and so he invited me to this really fancy party, and I was in an assless tuxedo, and all the other guests were in various forms of uh I mean, I want to be comfortable at a party. Okay. So you're going commando assless tuxedo. Got it. Absolutely. 
And everyone else there has some form of like maybe a sleeve is missing. Wow. You know, maybe they're not wearing a shoe. Okay. Uh, but we're all theme. wearing these um, masks like the Stanley Kubrick movie. What do you call it? Oh, Eyes Wide Shut. Right. Which I've actually never seen. Um, one. It's on my list. I, I don't know why I've never seen it. Uh, what do you call those masks? Those like Renaissance? Uh, Carnival. Yeah. Carnival yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, something like that. Um, and so we all, you know, I was holding mine with the dainty little... Uh, like the stick? little stick. Okay. Yeah. So I was holding it up to my face. Uh, wow, only this with, is with fucked up. Using only my thumb and my pinky. So. <laughs> Why? Why would you use your index finger and your thumb? Well, uh, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to get better dexterity in my hands. Okay. So as a strengthening exercise, I was really working the pinky muscles. Yeah. For what? I wonder. Which, like, you think, oh, it's just a mask. It's not very heavy. But, like, you try holding something using your pinky and your thumb all night. It's, it gets strength. tiring. Grip strength apparently is a good indicator of um, life expectancy. Did you know oh, that? no, I'm fucked. Yeah. I mean, obviously, causation does not, or correlation doesn't mean causation, but... People who tend to have a good grip strength also tend to be, you know, athletic and active and work out and live healthy lifestyles. So therefore, grip strength. Oh, oh boy. I'm going to check my pulse really quick, make yeah. sure I'm still breathing. Yeah. Um, and uh, OK, anyone else out there? Bunk funkers. Do you ever do you ever wake up in the morning and you like squeeze your hands and they're like, it's like tough to squeeze your hands. It's like a yeah. soft, like you're really weak. Do you get that? Every once in a while, I'll meet someone else saying, who yeah. gets this. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You wake up in the morning and you're like, it's like, you're, you're, I feel like for me, it's like I see the boot up screen and it's like, okay, oh, yep. All those functions are still here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But do you ever feel weak when you squeeze your hands? Like, Ugh. I think, I think you know what it is. I think, <laughs> oh my God. Mm. Oh no. Those are not sex noises. Stop it. Those are whiny little boy noises. <laughs> um, I think you're dehydrated when you first wake up because you've been asleep for eight plus hours. Oh, I definitely know that if you like the elasticity on the skin between your thumb and your right. pointer finger, if you pull it, what if it goes back, if it takes longer to spring back, then you're dehydrated. Right. Um, so I was at this fancy party with everyone just having... Body parts, various body parts out. Um, mm. Mine was the only one that seemed to be sexual in nature. Uh, everyone else was just like very innocuous, like a shoulder or something. Mm. Um, so I thought that was a little weird. But hey, I wasn't footing the bill for this tux. So who am I to complain? So then I'm, I'm, I'm <gasps> whining. I'm dining. <laughs> I'm 59ing. Oh, my God. Uh, we don't yeah. even know what that is. <laughs> uh, well, it turns out I'm not really flexible enough to do it. But okay. I, I, I don't know who any of these people are, but we're just we're having the best time. And I'm like, these are my people. Mm-hmm. Usually I'm I'm socially awkward. I don't have to tell you about that. Um, I don't I don't agree with that at all. I don't find you socially awkward even a little bit. But OK, uh, well, I'm not socially awkward with people I'm comfortable with. But mm. if I don't know anyone, you know, it's mm-hmm. that thing. All right. I still disagree, but, uh, you know, uh, sure. 
uh, well, you know, you're you have a high, you're a low threshold for. You are socially <laughs> awkward, okay? Yeah, you're able to maintain eye contact. So I'm like, this guy, he's, he's got it going on. He knows he's what's a up. genius. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking the Fonz over here, bald Fonz. Um, but so you know, we're mingling. These are the elites. These are of yeah. society. Sure, you right? would assume these, these, these. This is the mm. uh, yeah. They run Fortune 500 companies, right? Uh one guy I met even had uh, several chains of Krispy Kreme still. Wow. Yeah. And uh, he gave me a free Krispy Kreme that was still warm because it was in his pocket. And that was delicious. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he glazed what else? Your, he, glazed your, he glazed your donut. Well, it was just a glazed donut that was uh. in his pocket. Okay. I mean, sure. He he kind of rustled around for a little bit. Sounds very sexual it. to say, "Hey, I've got a glazed donut in my pocket. You want to see it?" I mean, like, you know, it was still a good Krispy Kreme. It wasn't. I've never had a Krispy Kreme that's um, what's the opposite of sweet Been in a pocket? Salty. What's the opposite of sweet. <laughs> Bland. Uh, yes, yeah, salty. I guess yeah. salty. What's the other word for salty though? Savory. That's what I'm looking for. Savory. So it was like kind of a savory Krispy Kreme. Uh, oh, a little God. hint of pineapple in there, oh, too. Oh, come on now. Come but, on. Uh, so that was really good, and that was really nice. Um, I met the guy that owns the SeaWorld uh, parks, okay. and he uh, thinks that the documentary is great publicity, and the more he tortures these poor animals, right. the uh, more people will... Like he's he's going for a hate audience. Like, mm, oh, full heel. If, if they're gonna show up, they're still gonna have to buy tickets to protest inside. Right. So, right, he doesn't care if they're enjoying it or not. He just wants the money flowing in. All press is good press to him. Mm-hmm. And these are just very nice people, and I kind of felt like, wow, my life is coming together. You know, I'm finally taking a step up financially. Uh, job wise, status wise, classic Ian. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm gaining power uh, over the elite because I've now shaking hands, yeah. seen their bare shoulders and midriffs, and so I have. I'm I'm blackmailing them essentially, and all right, okay. right. So I was just about ready to put my. I, I also got a lot of secrets out of them. Oh. Um, yeah, like one guy was wearing a toupee and he didn't want anyone to know. Uh, and one woman. Well, man, that fucking guy. Secrets uh-huh. revealed. Dirty laundry aired here on Mr. Bunker. Yeah. Yeah. One woman had fake nails on. They oh, real my nails. God. The mm-hmm. fucking travesty. Oh, my yeah, goodness. The yeah, scandal. So, so I was getting the real, the real, the, yeah, I was getting really, the tea. Yeah. You're really fucking rubbing shoulders here, huh? Mm-hmm. And I was putting my pamphlet together to expose them for who they are. Your uh, pamphlet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you, a fucking 1800s Bolshevik? No, <laughs> no, no. It's, it's it's just like a standard accordion <gasps> fold. Um, okay. You know, what? what is it? It's about you the width of a hand. You called him your Kinko's guy? <laughs> yeah. Frank. <laughs> Frank and Germain, if, if Frank is um, in the background. Yeah. Uh, but 
Yeah, so I called them. Uh, I got the, I got it printed in a blue background with uh, yellow lettering, and I was just about okay. ready to send it to the press when all of a oh, sudden wow. the uh, walls started to melt around me, and it turns out I had been heavily drugged. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And then I woke up here in the bunker. Holy fuck! So mm-hmm. was that real or not? You know, the bunk man, he uh, he likes to do this shit to me. I mean, <laughs> I, he put me on a, a private jet once and then drugged me and got me in the bunker. And Jesus Christ. All that really matters to me is I thought I was in a private jet. So, I mean, how do you feel about these? You know, this is this is a this is not something that I think should be taken lightly. This uh I feel like I got robbed. I drugged you. you Like I would be fucking mortified if somebody did this to me. Sure, but you know, it's our thing. Me and him have a established rapport. It's our little cat and mouse that we play. (sighs) I don't know, Ian. You're too nice. He drugs me. You give this guy a fucking inch, he'll take a mile. Trust me, it's not going to be long before you're getting. Hey, I give him more than an inch. Uh, Okay, inch and a quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it. An inch ish, and it's not about the the inch. It's about what he do, even does with the inch. <laughs> uh, well, Ian, yeah. I'm sorry that that happened to you, but hey, at least you didn't get bodily harmed. I guess, and I don't know. Is your you're feeling all right? You're, you know, uh, I appear to have all of my faculties, right, except for the slight. This is very slight. I don't have control of any of my motor functions on the left side of the body. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you're fine. You're all right. So, right. Like, it's not you're a big all right. deal. It's water right. under the bridge. I'm just glad to be. You're all right. Yeah. Why, why do you feel right. your eyes like that? Yeah, the left side isn't working, so you're all right. I'm going to keep no. saying it so you fucking acknowledge it. No, I can't <laughs> believe I set you up for that. And then you said it and I didn't even get it. Oh my God! Well, Ian, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's like you had a good time, mm-hmm. but then you know you're stuck here in the bunker with me. So it's like I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether I also, to feel bad for you. I just kind of feel ambivalent. I guess I don't know. It's like you didn't get captured in some way. You didn't get dragged around. You just, I mean, yes, okay. I'm not making light of their forced drugging, but it seems like you know, fine. You're, That's fine. You're, you're fine with it. You're okay with it. You 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 seem to have say like this is a rapport that you have with Mr. Bunker. So yeah, it's our little game of cat. I'm not making. Play. I don't think you should play this game anymore. Uh, I don't. I don't remember if I'm the cat or the mouse though. <laughs> if you're Tom or Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, actually, now that you mention it, my foot is in a trap. Oh Jesus! Also, Christ! Oh my God! Yeah. And uh, uh, there is. I am. I am bleeding now that you mention it. Um, okay. Also, well, uh, I don't know where cramp. the first aid kit is down here. I don't think there is a first aid kit down here, to mm. be honest. So we might just have to rip up a couple of T-shirts and fucking. Well, I mean, I don't need a first aid kit. I'm fine. Bunkfuckers, I am an armchair psychologist. I am not a medical doctor, so I don't know how to fucking unpack this one. But uh, um, Well, if you're going to do CPR, you do it to the rhythm of the song, Staying Alive. Okay. That's right. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, 
Ah, staying alive. Staying alive. No, I think it's more like, ah, 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 staying alive. Uh, yeah, that's yes. when you really press into their chest. That's right. Um, you really want to, yeah. I mean, the, we all know that the rhythm of a heartbeat is seventies disco. So, yeah, you know, um, you know how people can accidentally break somebody's rib when they're giving them CPR. I guess, yeah. Now I know. You never heard that? No, I never heard. Yeah, that. Never sometimes you you could get a a broken rib when you're, or like a Heimlich maneuver. Like they'll, Jeez. you know, they'll be doing it to you and they yeah, accidentally right. break your ribs. Um, but when they're giving CPR, usually the rib is broken on the high part when they're holding out, staying alive there. Cause you're just, they're getting too into the song. <laughs> well, be careful when you're giving CPR bunk fuckers. I think that's the lesson we can take from this and uh, perfect segue Ian. be careful when you're traveling abroad because today's topic is all about, it's a very unfortunate tale, but it is about two uh, people who went traveling abroad and were never seen again. And um, it is a dark and disturbing story. It is. It is. And, you know, uh, we're going to unpack it. I mean, there is a hefty whole enchilada coming your way here, um, Bunk Bunkers, on the disappearance of the two Dutch girls in Panama here on Mr. Bunkers Conspiracy Time podcast. <laughs> Tell me, Art, do you know why Montreal is one of the top bachelor party cities in North America? Uh, no. According to yourbachelorparty.com, Montreal has long been a popular bachelor party destination because it is easy to get to from anywhere in the United States. It is full of bars, nightclubs, and other hotspots, and the favorable exchange rate makes it even more affordable. According to me, it's because in Montreal, the strippers allow, nay, encourage that you touch all up on them. Why are you fucking telling me this, Ian? To illustrate that a young to mid-20-something-year-old can have a fabulous time when they are traveling abroad, even if they've recently suffered a back injury. All right, so we're talking about you. You went to Montreal and you touched some fucking titties. Which leads to my question for you, Art. God damn it. Have you even been out of the basement? Oh, okay. No, not in years, Ian. I mean, between school, you know... My peers, I guess you could call them, ridiculing me. My teachers piling on and affirming said ridicule. I had, you know, two bad run-ins with some birds. And that guy that punched me on the L train, you know, here's the thing. I don't really see the point in leaving the safety of my basement. I live a simple life, Ian. I'm chugging Mountain Dew, I'm eating Doritos, and I'm working out. A.K.A. I'm doing Kegels. It's not a good life, but it's my life. I hope the bunk funkers out there will emulate your commitment to a strong pelvic floor art. <laughs> Unfortunately, after today's topic, some of our listeners might emulate not leaving the safety of their basements because today we're talking about the disappearance of two Dutch women in Panama, and we're going to give you a whole heaping helping of enchilada on this one. Now, quickly, and I'll have to, you know, initiate you. Uh, please place your right hand on the open vase toilet and answer me honestly. 
Okay. Thank you. We call this assuming the position. Oh, right, on the, promise... right on the right on the flesher here. <laughs> right on. Nope. You Fle- have to put your hand on the seat. Oh, oh. Do I have to close the seat on my hand? This is disgusting. <laughs> oh my god, you're already asking too many questions. This is a lot of hairs. On Just here. put your hand on the thing. Okay. Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole steaming enchilada, and nothing but the truth? So help you, Mister Bunker. I do. Great. Let's get started then. Two recent college graduates we're talking about are Lisanne Froon and Chris Kremers. Now, am I pronouncing those correctly? Or uh, yeah, I think it's I... just Lisanne. Lisanne. Lisanne yeah. and Chris. These are two Dutch students and friends from the Netherlands who saved up their money for six months while planning a six-week trip of a lifetime. Lisanne had not done much traveling, but Chris formed a deep connection with South America after a trip to Peru with her family. So they chose Panama as their destination. No word on if these girls were huge Van Halen fans or not, and whether they played any part in their decision. I mean, if Van Halen doesn't contribute to your travel plans, then you're just running with the devil. But the trip wasn't only to travel. It was also to find and serve Panamanian children. Very admirable. Before the trip, they had even raised money to buy toys, arranging to teach Dutch at a Spanish-language school starting on March 31st. They landed in Panama on March 15th, to spend two weeks of, you know, sightseeing and soaking in the culture first before going to teach. They spent much of their free time in Bocas del Toro, hanging out with some male Dutch tourists they had met in the city, keeping in touch with their families every day of the trip. After two weeks of fun, it was time to set out for the tiny village of Boquet to start their teaching. Now, upon arriving at the language school, the two were upset to learn that the school wasn't ready to receive them for yet another week. I mean, the reasoning here wasn't very clear, and the girls were, like, distraught to learn this as they had been in regular contact with this school for months. I mean, you know, they're planning a lot here, and now all of a sudden they just have this extra week. The school even emailed them on Friday confirming everything set up for their Monday arrival. With a new week of free time on their hands, the school hooked them up with a tour guide, Feliciano Gonzalez. The school had also previously set them up at a local home run by a woman named Miriam, who regularly housed international students and travelers. Although the school had pulled the floor out from under them, they had at least accommodated their needs and even helped plan events for later that week, like going to a strawberry farm, a coffee plantation, and hiking a volcano. Now, those activities would all be... Later in the week, the two were on their own to find something to do on April 1st. Um, On March 31st, they went to brunch. They walked around the town and were home before sundown. That night, Miriam had a chance to speak with them a bit and later would describe them as, quote-unquote, restless and mentioned that Lisanne had a cough and possibly could have been ill. Now, this was in 2014, so we can confirm she was not sick with COVID. Thank God. Yeah. At least it wasn't COVID. That's right. The next day, Lisanne texted her boyfriend that they were going for a hike. The girls set out in shorts and tank tops, taking one backpack. Packing lightly, they took some American currency, a digital camera, two cell phones, a passport, and an insurance card. A taxi dropped them off at a local trail known as Pianista. Uh, Yeah, Pianista at 1.40 p.m. Later investigations, however, would clock their drop-off time at actually around 11 a.m. 
Although some locals urged them to have a guide with them, the girls felt safe going out alone, as it was not regarded by hiking enthusiasts as a difficult trail. Also, they were accompanied by Azul, the dog from a local restaurant that would often follow people on the trail. Aw, Azul. Taking selfies and pictures on the digital camera along the way, the women can be seen smiling up the hill and making their way up the trail. Most pictures feature Chris, as Lisanne was the one with the camera. The last two pictures near a creek, however, don't feature Chris smiling at all. Going up the hill is the last time anyone would see Chris and Lisanne alive. The dog returned to the village, but the girls did not. Now, here's where the mystery begins, bunk bunkers. And don't worry, all that information pipe we just laid will pay off soon. Yeah, laying that information pipe. Yeah, we laid some information pipe on you, bunk bunkers. Their disappearance was suspected the next day when they did not show up for an appointment with their tour guide, Feliciano, who became worried. He went to the school to see if the girls were there, but the school had not seen them and referred them to Miriam's house. Arriving at Miriam's house, she confirmed they had not come back the night before. I mean, they are young af- they're young people, after all, and so I've been told young people uh, like to stay out and late having a good time, and that's what Miriam thought as well. This is all something I would, you know, know nothing about. Right. This is, this is just research you've, you've yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, these are things that people tell me. This is not things that I've ever seen employed by myself or... You know, so you, you can't prove that it happens. It's all right. Uh, it's all a hypothesis to me that people, young people like to stay out and have a good time and I guess socialize. I don't know I, that word uh, socialize. Once the authorities were informed, a full scale search of the jungles commenced. Helicopters, local volunteers, the works. The girl's parents even arrived from the, the Netherlands on April 6th with a pair of private detectives to help. On April 7th, the president of Panama, Ricardo Martinelli, uh, went on TV and announced that Panama was doing everything in its power to find these girls. 25 trails were searched by hundreds of people, experts, and dogs to no avail. There was no trace, trail, or clues to the girls' whereabouts found. After 10 days and no leads, the search was called off. There was even a $30,000 reward for any information that would lead to their whereabouts, living or dead. That was the equivalent of $500,000 in Panama at the time. Locals worked together in groups motivated to change the fortunes of their homes or villages, trying to find something, anything, but nothing was ever found. Nothing at all? Nothing. Wow. Disappeared without a trace, I guess. Nothing was ever found. Like, they just disappeared into thin air. And that, Bunk Funkers, is the case of the myth of the... Oh, oh shit. Wait, there's more. Oh. Oh, there's a lot more. Oh, my God. There are so many more twists and turns to this case that we didn't get to yet. Many pages of info. Ian, how did you mess up so badly? Sorry, my pages were stuck together. Stuck together with what? Oh, oh, you would go there. You would go blue immediately. I wasn't going to say come, Ian. Jeez. Then what were you going to say? Well, now I don't want to say it because you're going to think I'm stupid. 
I'll say what it is. And at the same time, you say what you were thinking. Okay. Okay. On the count of three. One, two, three. Gak. Gak. Nickelodeon Nickelodeon signature. Goo. Yes, I knew it. You know me too well. This is an old notebook. I think it's from second grade. Uh, It checks out. See? Old already knew. What clue broke the case, Art? Well, Ian, my boy. Uh, Ten weeks later, the girl's backpack was found five miles downriver near an unmapped village called Alto, Alto Romero. A local woman had been in the area the day before and did not see it, so assumed it must have floated downstream. Well, now we're onto something. Here's starting to get weird. The backpack was found in exquisite condition. That's really strange. Yeah. Even stranger is that the contents of the backpack were two pairs of sunglasses, Lasanne's passport, the water bottle, Lasanne's digital camera, both of the women's phones in good condition, two bras, neatly folded. The $83 in cash wasn't even taken out. It was all still in there. The backpack was clean and all its contents were in order, as if teleported through a wormhole or something. I mean, it's technically not impossible, Ian, but that's not what the Panamanian government official's stance was. After the backpack was found so far away from the original site, new search efforts were made. They mainly concentrated along the river and the area the backpack was found in. This new area of search turned up more clues. Unfortunately, here is where the story gets gruesome, bunkfunkers. The following pieces of evidence were found along the river's edge, but miles away from one another. 33 scattered bone fragments, a pelvic bone, a rib bone, denim shorts that either floated down the river or were neatly folded. There are conflicting reports on that. There were two shoes found. One was not the girl's, and the other contained Lisanne's barely decomposed foot, which had several fractures near the toes. Forensics said the lightly laced boot could have preserved the foot as opposed to the other remains, which are mostly bones. Most gruesomely, on August 29th, 152 days after the girls went missing, there were lower leg bones and a piece of rolled up, not decomposed skin along the river. It's worth noting that in the jungle and after four months, I mean, bunkfuckers, it would be extremely unusual for skin not to decompose. Forensic evidence confirmed all these body parts belonged to the two women. The bones belonged to Chris and had been bleached and did not have many or any cuts or scrapes on them. I mean, this is insane. I can't believe I almost missed this dictionary-sized enchilada of evidence. We haven't even gotten to their cell phones or the digital camera yet. All right, you eggheads. We've got some dates and times for you. And sleuths, we've got some interesting pictures. So that pretty much compromises, like, you know, everybody. So listen up. We've got a timeline, Art. Say, did you ever have to make a timeline of the dinosaurs chart in elementary school? What? I'm having a flashback of having to tape a bunch of pieces of paper together and show how long the Jurassic period and the Triassic periods were. We drew dinosaurs and colored them in and stuff. And at the end of the long taped together timeline would be just a little sliver that would be the amount of time human beings have been on Earth. 
um, in no disrespect, but to quote David Cross from Men in Black, and that means what to me? Wow, you know that line? Good reference, Art. Ian, I don't know that reference. You fucking wrote that line for me. Mm, True. It's one of those subtle, great performances that has stuck out to me for years. He does so much with so little in that movie. Oh, God. All right, getting back to the actual timeline of this topic, the girls were dropped off at the trailhead at 11 a.m. We know this because of the time signatures on the digital camera that was found in the backpack. The first picture was taken shortly after that. The last picture at a river past the hill was taken at 2.30 p.m. It is worth noting that Chris is not all smiles in these pictures, and her body language is different, leading some to believe that maybe the women were accompanied by a stranger at that point, a stranger that made Chris feel uneasy, which is how Art perceives himself around others. But really, he's actually perfectly fine and fun to hang out with. Hey! Hey! Don't you psychoanalyze me on this show, Ian. You stay in your lane, bub. You know, you don't see me making obscure references and extruding too cool for school schlub energy or talking about my bad back, do you? No. I am a sick weirdo and people don't like being around me. And I have, I'm a robot, very unemotional, except for anger. I was going to say, you're kind of emotional <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, that's the fun juxtaposition is that I, people say I'm an unemotional robot, but I'm probably the most emotional person on the show. I only rant about things that have no meaning whatsoever. I love when Art's screaming at me about nonsense. It's such a fun juxtaposition, especially when everyone at Arby's is looking at us and he won't stop. (laughs) You love going to Arby's with (laughs) For the curly fries. Anyway, um, the Panamanian government suggests that This is when the girls went beyond the trail. Up until this point, the trail leads to a continental divide. Beyond that, it's not really suggested for tourists or people without a guide. But the women kept on going, you know, maybe because they heard there were waterfalls in the area. Fucking Christ. God damn it. Goddamn waterfalls. Is there no end to their reign of terror? It's like people don't even heed TLC's warnings. Did you not listen to the song, people? Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. God damn it. God. I'm sorry. This is a public apology to TLC. We all should be apologizing to them. And they should be running our lives because they know what's up. (laughs) Tell me what to do, TLC, and then my life will be in order. (laughs) That's right. Also, did you get that the continental divide is like the divide between North and South America? Uh, I did not. Oh, okay. Well, I thought I would clarify for the bunk funkers. So this trail is right up against the Continental Divide. It actually ends right at it and turns into another trail, which we'll get to. At 4.39 p.m., Chris's phone dialed 911 but could not get a signal. At 4.51 p.m., Lisanne's phone also dialed 911 and could not get a signal. Now, beyond the original trail is something called a monkey bridge over some rocks and rapids. And no, bunk bunkers, this isn't a bridge where evil rhinos and collectible floating letters and bananas and no, Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong aren't being projectiled through floating barrels above this bridge. Stop assuming that. A monkey bridge is uh, actually a lot more terrifying. It's a series of ropes 
that make a very sketchy bridge. It's literally just one rope across, like walking a tightrope. And then there's like two stabilizing ropes on probably where like shoulder length, I imagine, mm-hmm. or maybe even lower. And then like three ropes are held together by a series of very tiny ropes that might as well just be fucking strings. It bounces, it wobbles the entire time you walk on it, and the handle ropes are frayed, and they cut your fingers to shit. It's terrifying. I would not go on this bridge. Yeah, the the women the woman on this travel channel documentary was trying to do it and uh, cut her hand like three times on it. Jesus. And then also, side note, in this travel channel documentary, they make it seem like she's about to fall off the bridge and cut to commercial. And they're like, whoa, drop the camera, help her. And then they cut back and she... Again, they do the thing where she's about to fall off. They're like, whoa, oh, my God. And then she's just like, oh, just like my foot slipped. It's fine. <laughs> God damn I, it. I could not believe that they pulled that shit off. Fucking Travin Channel. I know. Um, it is the Panamanian government's official position that they fell into the river and were smashed to pieces so severely by the rocks that they were essentially dismembered by the river. Okay. So... You're saying they fell into the river, then were killed and dismembered, then called for help. Don't be ridiculous. They fell into the river, then called for help, then were killed and dismembered. So they were killed and dismembered. Uh, shit. Yes. Oh, excuse me. Ah, they were killed and dismembered uh, by the river. What's that to understand? One of the fractures in the foot was found that was found as clear evidence of this. And so, so they say. But Ian, there were multiple 911 calls made from each cell phone over the next several days. The phones were turned on and off to preserve battery. One time the call even went through for a minute. Uh, okay. So they fell into the river, floated for a while, a couple days, tried calling, then were dismembered. Also somewhere in there, they, reflux. There, they folded their clothing and put everything nice and neat in their backpack. What's not to understand? On April 5th, Lasanne's phone died and was not used again. Chris also did not make any calls after 10.05 a.m. on April 5th. But someone tried to access the phone unsuccessfully by entering the wrong pin multiple times up until April 11th. The rocks must have been hitting the phone and entering the wrong pin. Oof. And on April 7th, 90 photographs were taken by the digital camera. Almost all of them are in the dark, and there doesn't seem to be any reason for them. But one picture is clearly of the back of Chris's head. Tangled hair with possible injuries to her temple, but her hair is very clean. Not like someone who's been floating in a river or in a jungle for eight days. Oh, God, I can't fucking look at this. Oh, God, bunk funkers. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. Gotta blow my nose after that. Uh, oh, God. We're out of sawdust, too, you fucking asshole. Oh, sorry. Woo. Ugh. 
Sorry, Art. There's just there's so much enchilada to get through, and we've already had so much. I don't know if I have the same appetite as Andy. I can't keep I mean, up. I don't blame you. But you fucking swore the bunker oath to me, Ian. The whole steamy enchilada. That's what you promised. And by God, that's what you're going to cram down your taco sucker no matter what. Speaking of steamy enchilada, I also burnt my tongue. Oh, uh, <laughs> like working with a child. So the Panamanian government's official theory that's their official theory. They fell off a bridge and then they're the just river ignoring smashed all the them to a bunch of pieces. We're ignoring all that evidence that they were still alive after that time. But let's see what the skeptics think. After four months of investigation art and hundreds of people helping out, helicopters, international detectives, all of yeah. the scrutiny and their official position. Yeah, is that they fell in the river and were smashed to pieces, right? As when one does when you fall in a river. Oh yeah, like a like you're made of Legos or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just it, Art. The skeptics think it would have been funnier if I would have followed it up with the last line, but that's okay. Look at the evidence the government ignored. <laughs> Easy, my little Stegosaurus. No verdicts. Until all the facts are in. The skeptics think this was a cover-up by the Panamanian government, blaming the girls for being reckless hikers that strayed off the trail and fell to their deaths is a much better story for them than two innocent tourists went for an easy day walk and ended up dismembered. Now, in 2019, pre-pandemic, Panama was raking in a cool $7.45 bill, billion. Someone called Paul Giamatti. We got billions per year. Yeah, not Damian Lewis well, anymore, though. He's not Damian no, Lewis because I couldn't remember his he name. He left. I saw him on the street in New York twice, and hearing him oh, yeah? use his actual British accent was kind of jarring to isn't me. He, isn't he Welsh? Probably. Huh. Anyway, from tourism, that's seven point four five bill per year. In two thousand, tourism and travel accounted for four point nine percent of Panama's GDP. That's a big fucking chunk. Mm -hmm. But by twenty nineteen. It accounted for 14.1%. Now, this was international incident with South American, Dutch, and worldwide news coverage. Let's just say they could not let this story get out of control. Among the skeptics were the parents of the girls who ended up filing a lawsuit against the government for botching this investigation. If it wasn't a simple fall, then what did happen to these girls, Art? Well... I don't know, Ian, but some have speculated that they were attacked by an animal who picked their bones clean. Others say that maybe they met someone on the trail, well, who realized that they were vulnerable and led them somewhere at gunpoint. Now, this area and trail is well known for drug trafficking. However, during the day, it is heavily populated. Locals bring their cattle on the trail. There are plenty of tourists walking about. And there are people that live along it. It's tough to think that the girls could not have figured out a way to get someone's attention if they needed help. Not to mention, if they were dragged off by a gang of rabid weasels, let's say, which without looking up or knowing anything about zoological footprints of Panama, I assume is the animal population of the area. I, I don't have any evidence to back it up, but I'm just going to go out on a limb 
and yeah. say that rabid weasels. Panama is filled with rabid weasels. And if you're a tourist, that's what you should look out for. Get your rabies shot. Wait, it's, that's not preventative, but, you know, get, just get a rabies, a preventative, the first of its kind preventative rabies shot before you go. Uh-huh. Right. Then why was there absolutely no sign of them or a struggle to be found, Art? I don't know, Ian, but let's start with the idea that the girls fell from the monkey bridge. Chris's parents have a walkthrough video of the trail that they posted under their quote-unquote Answers for Chris initiative. Starting at 11 a.m., it is plain to see that this is an easy trail that is nearly impossible to get lost on. It's just one trail, doesn't splinter off. It's a mild hike that is somewhat flat, and you know it even has some walls on both sides of it. It's, it's very clear that this is a well-walked path, and there's, there's really no way to fall anywhere along it. If someone were to get hurt along the trail it would be very easy to find your way back for help. Now, let's look at the photos from the hike. The Panamanian government has a timeline that, I mean, honestly, just does not add up with these photos. Citizen sleuths have realized that there are minor but important inconsistencies in the photos. The amount of sunlight or cloud cover to the way the girl's hair is worn from frame to frame and who is wearing the backpack in each picture. You can rearrange the photos to tell a different story. From a simple walkthrough of the trail that matches the landscapes with the pictures, it is clear that when the the government says the girls are walking beyond the Continental Divide, they are actually turning around and walking back towards the summit. This is confirmed by locals, the parents, and even the Travel Channel. Everyone seems to agree that this one picture that the government says, see, they're going that way. Everyone else is like, no, they turned around and went back. It's a lot of people. Now, the camera has damning evidence of its own, or at least it used to. The images from the walk are labeled number 500 through uh, 510 on the camera. Image number 509 may have been the smoking gun that could crack this case. But we will never know because it was deleted via computer much later in a way that makes the image irretrievable. This was confirmed by JJ, the co-host slash cameraman of that Travel Channel show. You can be a co-host slash cameraman? Sure, Art. All it takes is a spunky, camera-ready female co-host to be filmed, a second, bearded cameraman co-host to film her, and several more cameras around to film you filming her. Neat. Now, if the government lied about the timeline of the photos and tampered with the fucking evidence, then, I mean, what else are they covering up here? Cover up is such a harsh term, Art. But that's definitely what fucking happened. Are you ready for some hot, spicy green sauce to pour all over this enchilada? Oh, yeah. Overflow my not deep enough to be a bowl, but not flat enough to be a plate. With that green sauce, baby. You know what I'm talking about with those? I 100% <laughs> know what you're talking about because we have two of them. Wow. I love it. Uh, there were at least six witnesses that say they saw the girls leave the trail unharmed out of the normal exit. Say what? There were at least six witnesses that say they saw the girls leave the trail unharmed out of the normal exit. No, no Ian, I... 
I, I heard you the first time. It's just a it's just an expression. Yeah, kind of a dated one. That's why I roasted you just now by by you thought I was doing a bad joke, but I was roasting yeah. your bad joke. Right. Huh. Boy, oh boy, this is getting I don't know if it's a bad uh, joke, it's just well worn, you know? Jeez Louise. Uh let's just say if you were crossing a monkey bridge, I wouldn't help stabilize it. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Ian, it looks like we're going to have to redo this entire fucking timeline again. Uh, everything is suspicious, and everyone is a suspect. Redo the timeline? Hopping over from Jurassic Park to the fun but lesser Jurassic World? <laughs> Those movies are on the same timeline. Jurassic World is just a sequels series of sequels. I wish they'd redo the timeline to not make five sequels, but I see your point. Yeah. Shout out to YouTuber Joe Bankston, who has in the last six months put out the most comprehensive collection of evidence and citizen sleuthing that we could find. Now, opinions, some opinions expressed in this script are of those of uh, re- writer and researcher Ian Hamilton, but also the opinions of uh, plenty of people commenting on the, on the YouTube okay. videos. In a somewhat poorly made two-part documentary on YouTube, <laughs> Joe lays out the case for the abduction of the girls by a local young gang known as La Banda Los ND5. Or maybe it's just Los ND5. This documentary uses found footage, social media, and resources from the Panamanian local news as well as Dutch investigative journalism to make a compelling case. Now, what Joe lacks in production value, he makes up for in really giving a shit about this topic. You can watch plenty of 17-minute YouTube synopsis videos out there, and trust me, I have. But he has clearly been doing a deep dive on this subject for years, building towards his magnum opus. I just wish you could have gotten someone else to cut together and edit everything. What's the matter, Art? You don't like reading white letters over a black background for an hour and a half? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I usually, when I'm listening to documentaries, I play video games. I couldn't play Madden and keep my franchise that's now in the year 2043 going (laughs) because I had to read the whole thing. I'm, I'm sorry, Ian. I'm sorry that that happened. Thank you. It was a very difficult time in my life where I had to pay attention. I, I hope that the, Kansas City Killer Care Bears can, uh, you know, make it back from wherever they are with winning their Super Bowls. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what I don't know. When I played Madden as a kid, I used to always name my creative team the Killer <laughs> Care Bears. <laughs> nice. It was a playoff of the Bears, but I wanted to be the Care Bears. But I have to be mean and aggressive. They can't just be the Care Bears. Oh well, this is. So they had to be. The this is Killer Care. This Bears. is Mad. Uh, this is Madden. I almost said Madman. This is Madden, so you know they use a. So, what's the name of your franchises. team? What are you playing? Oh, I'm the Panthers. Oh, okay. And I have uh, twenty Super Bowls, I think. Jesus, but I've lost three, I think. So, I um, try to be a purist. I don't. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ian wants the truth, just like uh, this YouTuber uh, Joe wanted to put that out on YouTube. So, it starts with the Spanish language school. How could they have been so caught off guard by the girls showing up on Monday when they had been in constant contact with them? Was their booking even legitimate? I mean, they did, after all, book it with the head of the Spanish language school in Bocas del Toro 
and Boquette. Uh, is it Boquette? Yeah. Yeah, Boquette. Uh, it was the school that referred them to Feliciano, the tour guide, Miriam, their hostess, and recommended places to go around town. It was Feliciano whose appointment they did not show up to. He went to the school who sent him to Miriam, who gave him a key to their room. Reportedly, Feliciano was alone in their room for 30 minutes and then took five hours to contact authorities. I mean, that's fucking sus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you realize that Feliciano was was the one who found Chris's pelvic bone and scattered remains among the river? Oh, get, hop on board, bunk funkers, because we're riding the sus bus. <laughs> okay, stay behind the fucking yellow line, because we're, <laughs> we're about to floor <laughs> it. Feliciano also owns plenty of land along the river in the area the remains had been found in. Oh, and also, um, hmm, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, one of Feliciano's sons is in Los Endy 5. Feliciano was already known to the girls. In town, he had passed them in his car and introduced them to his son, Henry, either the day before or earlier that day. I can't remember. After coming out of the trail, the girls went to a pharmacy. The pharmacy's CCTV camera just so happened to malfunction that day. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But we do have eyewitness testimonies of them being there. And the pharmacy, the people that own that, are also connected to ND5. Mm, I think it's one of their sons. uh, Or maybe a nephew or something. But after failing to wave down a taxi... The girls ran into Henry and his friend, who convinced them to go to a spring to go swimming with them. The girls may or may not have stopped back at Miriam's to grab their bathing suits, which means Francisco may or may not have tidied up their room and maybe taken two of their bras to make it seem as if they hadn't been back. Now, on the way to the springs, the girls may not have had a good feeling about the guys, so they discreetly dialed 911 with their phones, but could not get any signal. The boys and girls went swimming in the spring. We know this because Osman, another member of the gang, went missing three days later and was soon found drowned in a river. His phone contained what's known as the swimming photo, which shows him... Hector, and it's fuzzy, but sure looks an awful lot like two Dutch girls. Now, after they went swimming, uh, two of the men drew guns on the girls, and one of them had a machete, and they forced the girls to an abandoned cabin in the jungle. An associate of the gangs was Plinio Montenegro, something like that a driver and tour guide for the Boquet and Bocos del Toro area. He was a driver for a youth hostel and an alleged, quote, tourist spotter for a cartel in Costa Rica that dealt in human trafficking. The plan was to kidnap the girls, take them to a cabin where they would be passed onto uh, Plinio. Plinio? What is it? Plinio? Yeah, Plinio. Yeah. And uh, send them into Costa Rican human trafficking circles. However, the plan got turned upside down when Plinio's contact backed out for some reason, which left Plinio to back out. All of a sudden, Los ND5 had two hostages and no plan. 
This leads to arguments and panic between the gang that eventually lead to Osmond to storm off. Feeling Osmond was now a liability, they hunted him down and drowned him in the river. Since the cabin was no longer a safe space, they led the girls to a cave where they held them for several days and possibly moved them around a bit. Eventually, another solution was found. They had contacts with criminal enterprises that harvested and sold organs on the black market. A pair of fresh lungs were needed, and it didn't matter who they came from. Now, you can probably put the story together for yourself after that, Bunk Funkers. The girls met a tragic and most likely lengthy ordeal that led to their deaths. How do we know all these extra details? First of all, Los ND5 was made up of teenage boys turned young men. They posted so much stuff on Facebook that did not make it hard to put some of these things together. Oh my God. Yeah. The documentary guy, also, he put, he, he just scoured all of their public info. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Also, it turns out there was an informant. One of the women associated with the gang was witness to some of this and came forward to the police. She was sent to Costa Rica for her own protection. There is an early local news story that shows a government official talking about a promising informant um, that gave them some hot leads. The biggest takeaway is that these monsters were people well ingrained in the tourist support community. They knew how to manipulate people, time, and information to make tourists easy victims. And at the same time, make themselves valuable assets to the investigation. These were people that were heavily involved in the search for the girls. They gave local information to authorities and even supported the government's narrative on the news. So they basically had their hands in every aspect of this and just knew how to work the system so that it looked like, oh, they just they disappeared. I don't know. It's the jungle. You just you get lost. Mm -hmm. Well, Funkfuckers, even when you travel in pairs, you want to keep your eyes and ears open. It's all fun and games until someone runs into a heaping helping the whole gelato. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? 
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> hey, welcome back, Bunkfuckers. That was our research of the Lost Dutch Girls of Panama. Oh boy, I mean, some Ian. We talked about it briefly in the interim, but uh, some inc- some more developments coming our way on this topic. Yeah, there is actually going to be a part three to uh, this documentary on YouTube. It's made by I, I don't know his page is called Alternate Theories, and mm-hmm. I said the guy's name before Joe Beckman. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, you could rewind Bunk Funkers because I sure as hell am not gonna. Um, <laughs> but you can Google things. Uh, I mean, the Google search, if you fucking, you know, put in Lost Dutch Girls of Panama into YouTube, I'm sure you're going to find some videos about it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, basically, I'm trying to figure out when these uh, two documentaries came out because I'm pretty sure one came out in November and the other one just came out this March 2022. So this is all um, very new, very fresh evidence. But I mean, there is clearly a community that has been obsessed with this story online for years. Yeah, There are videos of people, you know, really just scouring the photos for any little bit of evidence they can find, you know, uh, uh, enhancing them to make them, you know, better quality to see like one I was watching and the guy's like, you can see in this picture that she's holding two water bottles. And you're like, okay. And her phone is in her pocket. It's like, yeah, you did enhance the photo to show that. And yeah. you're right. We only yeah. had one f- water bottle at the end and there are two water bottles there, but I mean, on the one hand, you have to commend this is admirable. These citizen mm-hmm. sleuths, God bless them. We love a fucking sleuth on this show. We always celebrate mm-hmm. a sleuth, um, and 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 good for them because you know the, the families deserve fucking closure and they deserve justice for what fucking transpired here. This is, um, I mean, this is the unfortunate and the kind of Cthulian fucking uh, you know reveal here is that this is part of a larger. This is not the only story of this ever happening. Let's just put it that way, right? Like tourists being kidnapped and essentially tortured and then sold into what is probably one of the worst tra- tragedies of of human existence, human mm-hmm. trafficking. Um, you know, which is an unfathomable fucking nightmare scenario. Oh yeah. So, um and uh yeah, so this this straight up, you know, right. yeah, monstrous. This uh online yeah. community Basically, all the comments are like, this is incredible. This is amazing. Like, this is the most I've ever seen. Some of this stuff is brand new. 
to people that have been following yeah. us for years. And right. you know, some of those obsessed people are immediately going to these guys' Facebooks and, uh, you know, trying to see everything for themselves. So I feel so I feel like this guy, that's why I said it in the research. Like, it really is kind of a slog to watch these two videos. Uh, you know, he like repeats a lot of info and, you know, uses yeah, some clips yeah. over and over again. And there's some voiceover in the first one, but then the second one is just straight up reading off of cards. And uh, you could tell he really, really wanted to get to the bottom of it. And um, right. it was yeah. super interesting I, because I, most of the stories online yeah. are, it's the straight story of like, oh, the government says this. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's what's fascinating because this this story has kind of been in the bunker's backlog for a while. And, um, you know, when you first look at it, the sources are all about, oh, why are the bones fucking bleached? And, you know, did they just fall? And what kind of animal could have done this? And what about this? And it's like you kind of do get led down a path of like, well, I don't know. Maybe they did fucking you can. You can here. Let's put it this way, bunk fuckers. Let's roast ourselves. You can easily see how the two co-hosts of this fucking show would be like. Yeah, clearly they fucking fell, and then some kind of thing happened that I don't have to think about or explain. Where their bones got bleached, it happens. Right. Like, you know. But this, like, you know, this all this Facebook stuff, and like, this is such a um, such a clear mm. narrative, and it's so logical and almost yeah. You know, it's like the the guy Henry. Like, he clearly has a thing for Dutch tourists specifically. Uh, there's there is Dutch tourism to fucking Panama. Like, a I don't know, but I mean, they met other Dutch tourists when they were hanging out in that one city. So, um, you know, so I I don't know, maybe they just gravitate towards one another, but well, if they Mm. found that school as a resource, like where, where did she get it? Maybe it was from another Dutch person that had a good experience with them. Yeah. I mean, no offense to the Dutch, but like what, School is teaching people Dutch. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is like, so it's weird because it's a Spanish language school. Literally, the name of uh-huh. the school is Spanish, and then under it, it says language school. And okay, I don't entirely know. I'm pretty sure actually a, a guy I grew up with runs one in Costa Rica. Now that I think about it, like a like a <laughs> okay, but it's I think it's for specifically English speakers coming down and trying to learn Spanish, but, um, okay. But so this is like a group of schools where kids come in and learn languages. Um, Oh, so it's, it's literally, it's a language school in Spanish for other languages. Yes. Only the girls didn't even speak Spanish. So they would have come in and just taught Dutch, I guess through a translate. I don't know how that works. I have a lot of, uh, actor friends who teach English to Chinese students, either via Zoom or they go there, but they don't speak Chinese. So I've always been like, how does that work? You just get immersed in it, I guess. Well, you just have no way of really communicating with the kids. Well, no, you know what it is? I think the kids already know like a decent amount of English. Yeah, like kindergartner level of English. Yeah, so they like want you to be around them just talking in English all the time and correcting them. Well, that's that's how I understood it because I almost did the JET program, which is going to Japan and teaching oh. English. And it's like, you don't need to teach English. You you I, From what I understood is you very rarely get placed in any big city. You go to the rural mm-hmm. areas of Japan where it's like 
yeah, like people don't fucking, why would they know English and they don't speak English? So you have to have a certain level of Japanese comp, like competency mm-hmm. to do that. Um, like you have to at least have like a first or kindergartner's level of mm-hmm. Japanese. Um, and then you go and yeah, you just kind of live with a host family and you teach English and you just get to go fucking live around Japan. It's fucking baller and it's, Maybe something I should have done, but who knows? Um, I mean, I'm sure it would have been fun. You would have gotten that good uh, Japanese denim that you like so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, uh, you know, um, I don't know if I was into raw denim back then, but you're well, right. Maybe you um, would have become your the raw denim aficionado. Yeah, your future was I, that would be what I was leading to being a raw denim aficionado. It was just there were different <laughs> paths to the same end. That's right. Uh, one was That's a more right. Japanese uh, leaning one. Um, yeah, but I, you know, obviously the the jet program in Japan in general as a country mm-hmm. is insanely safe, uh, or at least that's what's projected of it. But um, you know, that's that's the what I I can't speak from that for fucking. This. You know, I I don't really have the stats. That's allegorical to me. But at, at some level, from the stories I've heard, it's a ridiculously safe country for the most part compared to uh, many other places. Sure. So I mean, I was um, weirdly enough when I was researching this, I uh, got a haircut and I was telling the woman that was cutting my hair and trimming my beard uh, about this. And she was like, Oh, my husband's from Panama. And I was like, this is really weird that I'm bringing this up. And I was like, how many times have you been to Panama? And she's like, only once, only once. And all the local people, like, they look at you because they know you're not from there. And she's like, and they, uh, they'll they offer you, like, boat rides or, you know, to bring you somewhere. Huh. And you're like, that sounds like fun, but that boat looks like it's about to sink. And I mean, she was like, so, you this know. This is a common yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. very common in, in tourist areas for... Uh, you know, people that just try to drag you and to be like, hey, come come here, spend your money here. You know, right. it totally makes sense. We've all been like, if you've ever been to certain, you know, like, yeah, like there's there's just certain tourists, they're tourist spots of countries that people like to holiday. Mm. Like it's, you know, if you go in Mexico, there's certain towns and um, you go in like, you know, certain places in Europe. I'm sure it's exactly the fucking yeah, same. I, like they're tourist traps I, I all was, over the place. Even in Chicago, there's fucking oh, tourist traps. Oh, absolutely. In, but, in New you know, York, every corner is a tourist trap. Um, yeah, but at least you speak the language in some, le- in some level. We're talking about English speakers yeah. going to there. So you kind of fucking, you know, have an idea of something. And um, But I mean, this is, you know, this is a lot of variables here. There's a lot of parameters here where you're going to a country where you don't speak the language mm-hmm. fluently. And it's a different kind of environment. The Netherlands is very different from Panama. I mean... New York and Chicago, yeah, the big city is a different environment from suburban or rural America or the South. But, you know, mm-hmm. are they, is it like a ne- another fucking world? No, I wouldn't describe it that way. I think you can, you can still definitely get fucking marked and like spotted and taken advantage of. But, at least in some levels, you know, at least you speak the language and you fucking. Yeah, I was I you know, was your cell phone will saying work. to her that like, <laughs> you know, you go to a small town anywhere that everybody just looks at you and is like, you're not from here. 
You know, you go to any town right. where it's like clearly most of the people don't leave. They don't travel. Yeah. They don't go very far out of there. They just stick to their bubble. And uh, it's just you get that that feeling of like, am I being watched? Uh, it it uh, dude, doesn't you matter have, what country. Have a specific, I have kind of a specific story with that. Do you have anything uh, like that, though? No, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Please tell. Oh, uh, I was in some small. It's not a very fun, but I was in some small town like outside in Ohio mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, like outside of outside of one of the bigger cities. House. But go on. Uh, yeah, Andy's house. But, um, you know, yeah, we went and got breakfast at some little tiny diner. And you could just tell immediately, mm. like, all the patrons of there are, like, the regulars. And they could, they immediately knew that we were not from around there and that, like, you know, they're all just kind of looking at you. But eventually they kind of, like, you know, whatever, it's fine. But, um, oh, yeah. You, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's immediately like that, where it's just like anytime you go somewhere, you know, yeah, even when you go to Europe, I mean, it's like, have you ever been to Europe or the UK or anything where it's just like... I've only yeah, been to Montreal and touched on there. titties, Art. That's, that's <laughs> in the research. I went to Scotland and, you know, um, we were in high school, but obviously the drinking age in England Woo! is a little bit lower than what it is in America. Yeah. And some of... We were all seniors at the time, so we were... We were 18, um, but, you know, we still look like fucking high schoolers. Um, but obviously, a group of friends got together and we were like, well, we're going to go to a pub and we're going to get drinks. Some people did. Obviously, I did not partake. because Okay, I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> I was like, whoa, you're no, doing this? No, of course not. Of course not. No, I went along for the ride. I got some prawns. <laughs> I got a prawn appetizer at the pub. <laughs> Yo, I went, I went to, thing to get. England and I got... Oh, Scotland, and I got some <laughs> shrimp. It was wild. Yeah. But, like, it's like we walk into that fucking pub, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know they fucking know that, one, we're American. Two, we're definitely not even, like, but they don't mm-hmm. give a shit, because it's like, you know, sure, they'll take our fucking money. What are they fucking? Technically, it's legal for us to be drinking in England, but it's like they know. We don't have fucking english accents or scottish accents and um we're clearly fucking young and but they're just you know, happy to take it's your one of those things american dollars yes you know no we probably pounds. had oh the pound's actually had, better than the dollar yeah, so the, probably what pounds, am i talking so. about um, um i do have one story that i'm thinking of in nebraska i was driving through with my dad and my younger brother and uh, actually it was a wild trip we went to Yellowstone and then me and my dad drove back in one shot. It was 22 hours. You just left your brother <laughs> in Yellowstone? No, Kevin was just in the back. And uh, he, oh. um, and I did like the night shift, you know, like 10 p.m. Okay, so you're, wait, how old are uh, you? I guess I was 20. Okay, so you, I was like, this isn't, you're not like little kids. Um, so, but, Kevin, he's a quadriplegic. And so he like sometimes when he has to go to the bathroom, like he's got to go, you know, because he doesn't he has a later delayed response, uh, which he would have no problem with me talking about on air also. Um, But so, yeah, probably because he could beat you. Oh, yeah. The dude's jacked. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> your 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 little brother is like very yeah, athletic. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he was on Team USA's wheelchair rugby team for a yeah. while. He's finishing yeah. up school, and I'm sure he'll be back on that team soon. Um, but uh, so it was like, oh, Kevin's got to go to the bathroom, and the only place was like a gas station with a bar, and it was the only building for <laughs> thirty miles. And so we just go into this bar the middle of the day. It's like 2 p.m. There's maybe one person in there. I, I don't even know if there's anyone else in there other than the bartender. And we're just like, we need to use the bathroom, like pointing to the kid in the wheelchair. And the guy's like, bathrooms for customers. Oh, my God. Really? That's so yeah. fucked up. And I was like, fine, I'll have a $2 beer. <laughs> like, get. It'll put me to sleep, so I'll be ready to drive later. But uh, yeah, he he didn't see. He wasn't wow. like, oh, of course. Bathroom he was like, customers only. Give me your money. Jesus Christ, that guy's just a fucking yeah. Dick. That was a salty attitude for sure. Have you ever done any like? Have you ever traveled anywhere and been in a sketchy situation? Because I do have a story like that. But I'm curious if you have ever traveled somewhere. <sighs> you know what? In a very foreign area, and then you're like, I should not fucking be I here. mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I lived in Chicago and New York, so there's definitely, every right. once in a while, you turn a corner. You've been in some areas, yeah, of, of Brooklyn or the Bronx. Where you're it's like, not even about the areas sometimes. Here. It's just like you catch a vibe on a, you turn a corner, and all of a sudden you're like, what's going on in the street? I mean, one time. Yeah. One I've time a guy, I have no problem saying this on air also. One time a guy, uh. I walked home like drunk after a date through an area I wouldn't usually walk through, but it was fine at midnight. And then this guy with a backpack approached me and was like really pushy about trying to sell me drugs. And um, I was like, no, no, no. Like I was just, but I was like talking with him because he wouldn't like leave me alone for like several blocks and then I was coming up to my apartment Christ. and I had to make this decision of like, well, I don't want him to know where I live. Right. And yeah, also, but also like, I don't want to just keep walking around with this guy, you know? So, um, you know, I bought some weed from him just so he'd leave me alone. So I was like, all right, I got $10. Oh you know, but God. it was like, it was literally, it it was just because I felt unsafe and I felt like I had to appease him. You made the right move. I mean, actually, I bought logically more instead of from him, but I'm, I'm not going to say that on air, I guess. It, it was a did. safety thing. I, fl- I flushed it down the toilet. Not the weed. The rest. What? I bought acid from him. Okay, uh, he was very pushy. Okay, I can I can cut. Yeah, that you out. can keep right. it in. I, I don't care. What the fuck I'm wearing said. a tie dye shirt. Everybody knows. Um, that is very fucking sketchy, Ian. But uh, good for you for I guess getting out of the. You've situation. never bought drugs um, from someone just so they'd leave you alone, Art? <laughs> no, I've never purchased drugs uh, besides from a pharmacy. Uh, a reputable pharmacist, um, which, you know, who knows what that's those true. are That's true. That's a whole other mess. Me. Maybe, maybe the other drugs would be, you know, just as good for certain things. But um, 
Uh, no, again, the Scotland story. I was in Scotland for, I don't remember how long I was there. Two weeks? I don't week know how half? long you were there. Something like that. I was performing at the Fringe Festival. You performed at the at uh, Edinburgh? Technically. I didn't know that. Uh, I performed as part of a arm of the Fringe Festival called the American High School Theater Festival, <laughs> which is a part of Edinburgh's Fringe yes, Festival. Sir. Now, no. Okay. Ian, I still got to do all the things the fringe performers got cool. to do. I got to advertise. We got a block every single day where we got to advertise our show on the Magnificent Mile there with all the other performers. I got to go see all the different fringe acts. It's one of the coolest things in the world. I encourage everybody to go do it as some kind of big plan if you ever want to go do something really fun. And worldly and see a bunch of it's not just theater it's it's comedy stand-up uh variety shows sketch shows puppet shows fucking weird fucking weird shakespeare weird, like anything in the world that is performing arts the fringe fest has it and it's really really fun but we were at the opening ceremony um, so again, this is the same crew, high school crew that went and, dude, uh, opening ceremonies are sketchy, man. You got to stay away from those. Yeah, it was really the opening ceremony. No, I, uh, and it was, it, it ended very late. It had to be a little bit past midnight and I got separated from my mm. crew. And so now I am walking through the streets of Edinburgh, which I am not very familiar with now. I'm a decent navigator. I am a good landmark navigator. So <laughs> Amelia Earhart staying... could have used you, am I right? <laughs> yeah, she could have. I would have been a great companion. Well, navigator. It's like um, her navigator fucked up or something. Anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten her. I would have. She wouldn't be a fucking story with me. I'd get through the Bermuda Triangle. Just... I think she did too. She um, probably crashed in the Pacific. True. Well, maybe one day we can cover that, Ian. Seems like you're in that Hell fucking no. story. Maybe Mr. Bunkle will have you cover that fucking topic. <laughs> um, I'm a good landmark navigator, so I can find my mm-hmm. way home by memorizing landmarks and knowing, oh, oh, I need to turn right here. Oh, I turn left there. And so um, we were staying at the, I think, the University of Edinburgh, which is not a ways, maybe a mile. I don't know. I don't remember. It was a ways away, maybe a 15 to 20 minute walk away from the like big Edinburgh castle or whatever the fuck it was where the opening ceremony was at. But I'm walking through the streets of fucking Edinburgh and like, it's a little sketchy just because it's foreign and I don't know where I'm at. And then like I'm walking past all these pubs and like this, like completely fucking drunk mm-hmm. dude, just like he like popped out from the shadows and went boo and like did that to me. And it like kind of, I kind of went like, Oh fuck. <laughs> That's it. Wow. It was fine. Otherwise that did, not a very exciting story. There was lots of people around because everybody was at the opening ceremony. And now there's this mass mm-hmm. like end of Lollapalooza, end of festival where it's just mass people walking through the streets. So oh, well, I felt safe being amongst numbers, right. but I also didn't know where the fuck No, it's I being was, alone so. that freaks me out when yes. yes, two in the morning on a street and you're like, mm, right. there's no you're one the only around. one out there. Yeah, right. I've had those in in uh, certain areas of the cities as well. You're like, oh, I made a wrong turn, and I'm walking the wrong way in Rogers Park. I should, oh. uh, <laughs> I, sh- I should not be around here. One of, one of the most fun things when I lived in Logan Square was uh, I used to 
go to a friend's house and watch basketball games or Game of Thrones. And uh, she lived, I don't know, it was like a 15-minute walk north from me. Um, oh, your place in Logan was in kind of a... Yeah, I mean, it's really nice. It's really nice area. now. Um, it's nice yeah, now. it's like <laughs> they built the uh, 406 when I lived there. Oh, yeah, yeah that walkway yeah. So thing. The, yeah. All the property values just skyrocketed at that point. But um, so I, I would walk... Uh, Back from her place, I'd usually be a little drunk, and it was like, fine, I'd walk back at like 2 or 3 in the morning, and then one day I learned that twice in a week along that same route in the middle of the night, a van pulled up, snatched people off the street, and would drive them around from ATM to ATM, making them take money out, and then they dumped them somewhere, and I was like... I am not walking that route anymore. I'm not walking anymore. Uh, I'm riding a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I did start biking. Yes. Oh my god, dude! I mean, that's like that mm-hmm. is a thing. It is that city smarts, you know, and it, it does relate to this topic because I had I had similar stories of uh, my college girlfriend lived a few blocks away from me and certain area of the city and I would, you know, either walk home or walk to her mm-hmm. place fucking late at night. Um, and I should not have ever fucking done that. That was, it was very reckless of me and very fucking stupid because people got mugged all the mm-hmm. time. All strong arm robbery. Like someone comes up to you, two people come up to you, they point a gun at your chest and they say, give me your shit. And, like this isn't, you know, yeah, it's 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 at that point stuff, so. I I do give them my shit. Well, yeah, of course. You you, you that's that's the uh, thing is right to comply and try and uh, just reach right. safety. But um what you're talking about, yeah, is just and that's that's in our dear own city. So, you got to imagine what what it's like being in a place where it's like now you're not familiar with the surroundings. Now you don't speak the fucking language. I have, and now you're just you're beholden on these people who you've just. I, I met. have had a theory for years that if you're walking down a street, a dark street alone, then what you should do is bop or whistle the Seinfeld theme song, and no one's gonna mess with you. Crazy. And everyone's like, I like Seinfeld too. I'm not going to rob that guy. <laughs> he's a man of good taste. Let's leave him alone. Yeah. He, him, he's with he us. Knows what's up. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, it's, it's so Ian, crazy. Ian, this is a crazy yeah. story. It's a tragic story. And um, so are there any other main talking points that you kind of want to bring up any sort oh, of man there is that, um, there is so much to bring up like the details I know. of uh the details the bleached bones what do you make of the bleached bones oh because that's always the thing that was like what so i fuck? do have a whole theory here as to what like happened um and this okay. is me speculating i haven't i haven't necessarily seen anyone else really say this but if so what happened they were taken to this cabin on April 2nd, and then for three days, they kept the cabin and then a cave, 
And for three, oh, there was even somebody that found garbage near this cave and the cops were like, don't worry about it. But it was clearly their garbage. Um, and uh, so for three days, they were trying to call 911, trying to get signal. Uh, only one time did it actually connect to a cell tower, but only for like a second. Um, so then uh, after that, they somebody else was trying to get into one of the phones, but could never get the pin right. Um, and so what I'm thinking is if this went from human trafficking to an organ harvesting situation. So there's a lot of disparity as to why was one way, way decomposed and why was the other not decomposed. And there's actually a guy online that has like a deep dive scientific study about like the elevation, you know, the rain at the time of the year, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why the uh, the rainforest at that time, like why it would have been so unusual for the skin to still be on any bones or not, de- you know, like it, it was crazy. Uh, so the, there, there is like a very scientific thing online as to why the skin didn't just like decompose? it's all. <sighs> yes, actually. And it's also like the bleach so on the bones. It not decomposing is uh, no, it, Given the altitude no, and the weather, decomposing and all that is normal. It the fact that oh. there was yeah the de- the decomposing is not the thing that that is no like, it's what the the, fuck? the rolled it's, up it's, fruit loop fruit roll up of skin and the fucking <laughs> oh my god uh, you know and the skin on the foot that's still in the shoe. Um, yeah, let me see. It's this guy. It's this website called Imperfect Plan. And he's saying why that shouldn't happen or should happen. So. He was giving scientific reasoning for why there wouldn't be skin if one of the girls was dead for four months. Oh, so they killed one, harvested her organs, kept the other one alive. Yes, that is what I'm thinking. They kept her alive until somebody had another order for something, which is why they there were all those pictures um, 10 days later or whatever it was. Uh, So it's like... And they were even at a well-known spot where some of those pictures are taken, which is why the police said they fell at that one place because they're like, mm-hmm. they fell in that one river because they're like, oh, th- see this picture, this rock, that's at that river. And you're like, yeah, but that's 10 days later. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I think that they took Chris's lungs and then killed her and Jesus like Christ. bleached all the bones uh, with... So they did the bleaching. Yes, exactly. This guy in Imperfect the high Plan did a... What does it mean for bones to be bleached? Because uh, there's like wild, like stupid fucking theories that are like, maybe they got abducted by cannibals. Oh, I did. I forgot to bring that some up. some kind of animal that, uh, you know, some kind of animal that came along. And it's like, come on, dude. These are clearly these bones... Bones. Uh, There was a cult in the area or like a religious thing that did kill people and for exorcism sacrifices. So that that was a thing. Um, Right. Bleaching implies that someone intentionally tried to dissolve the body and or bones in some form of chemical, likely fertilizer that contained lime. This process is called Hmm. 
alkaline hydrolysis. Hydrolysis. Huh. Um, so he has a whole chemical reason for the fact that they tried to decom they tried to get rid of the bones, get rid of everything with like a chemical process, uh using fertilizer. Um oh he he has a section called accidental bone preservation uh through some sort of use of lime in their uh attempt to destroy the evidence they accidentally preserved them well, that's interesting i didn't read that before um yeah hmm. so uh, there's a lot of stuff going on man they're uh, it's bad too the the family like doesn't want to hear about it anymore the families they yeah, they that knew that the government f- fucked this up 8 years ago and they're tired of fighting uh, I guess I never heard if that lawsuit went through. I'm not 100% on that. Um, there's a lot of stuff about uh, the affiliations of the the gang members and some smaller stuff about like... So basically, the school sent them to Miriam and sent them to the tourist or the, the tour guide. But also, the tour guide was like, hey, go eat at this place. Uh, hey you know, check out this spot. And these spots that they went to are known like family members of the gangs. And so in a weird way, it's kind of like they always had eyes on the girls um, yeah. is the the sense of it. And that they could strike when they're most vulnerable and they could um, manipulate them to be in a position to be vulnerable. So I don't think their plan necessarily was like, okay, bring the red Jeep over once they're done with the hike and then tell them to go to the spring. I think it was more like, okay, they're going here. Let's see if we can manipulate this situation to to snatch them up naturally. Okay, not that one. Right. Oh, check out this brunch spot. Uh, You know, there's a path between the brunch spot and there. Maybe we'll try that. Okay, that doesn't work out, you know. I think it was a very coordinated effort. I, oh, I yeah. think that there is like legitimately like a system in place, a line yeah. of uh, collusion, if you will. And yeah. there are people online that call out like the owner of the school online and stuff. Uh, although the, her name was like her initials were there, but the rest of her name was like starred out in a lot of stuff. Um, there was one Reddit user who was adamantly like, you guys are just a bunch of online nerds and they probably just fell and they're just like two girls getting lost in the woods and shut up. Andy's all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is Occam's razor says the official account is bullshit. That's true. Like, there is so much here that is ignored and it, I, I mean, shit. I mean, it's like, it's now it's like verifiable evidence. Like, it's like there's posting, there's mm-hmm. like, st- I mean, it's like, come on, man. Like, how the fuck did their their phones were smashing against rocks and they dialed 911? Like, right. come on. And like, come so, on. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that was me making that up, but like, they never gave an explanation for that. They just said, nope, they fell. Yeah. And it's like, so when did they fall? Well, they, they fell. 
So did they fall on the 11th or the 1st? Because they called for emergency at 4.30 on April 1st, but clearly they're still right. alive on April 11th, or at least one right. of them is. So what the fuck are you saying? And they're like, case closed. Goodbye. <laughs> Which, <laughs> oh God. Well, Ian, I think we've already kind of touched on verdicts. We've dipped our mm-hmm. little toesies. We have our little socks. We have our shoes off. We have our socks off. And we have our little toesies dipped into this verdict pool. And I think we should dive right yeah. in here, my man. Um, would you care to go first? I mean, uh, there the is guess. a bunker scale of plausibility, of course, that I don't even need to refer to because this is a case closed. I sincerely yeah. think that this was a human trafficking incident and that their organs were harvested. And until there is further evidence it to say something else happened, it genuinely feels like a very real government cover-up uh, because they didn't want the story to get out of hand. They right. wanted to control the news cycle. Uh, there was reference to some other tourist dying in another country that like killed their uh, tourism revenue. Um, so it's like they were were very aware of that symptom, and uh, they just they buried it, man. They buried it six feet fucking under, yeah. and. This is a bad one. It, too, it is. I mean, the thing about it is people are like, <laughs> people are like, oh, well, Panama is a well-known corrupt government. And I'm like, I, I'm sure the U.S. does this regularly. I, uh, something, you know, like yeah. I don't see the U.S. government not doing this. And I'm not like some, right. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a crazy conspiracy guy per se, but. You know, we, MK Ultra ha- happened. Human trafficking like, is a thing. right. Like yeah. governments do this to protect right. themselves in a weird way and uh, in a in a right. dark way. And there's yeah no reason not to think it uh, unless they are that stupid. Unless they truly are that stupid, or they're doing ignorance where it's like, well, I wasn't right. Or like, don't never tell me the the one (laughs) thing I will say is it's like, uh, some of this stuff between like YouTube and the, the guy who did the deep dive chemical research and stuff. Cause he had his own theories that came to essentially the same thing as well. It's like, unless Mm. for some reason, all of that is just internet bullshit. Uh, but it doesn't feel like that to me, you know? These sources no. feel like they truly cared and truly did the work uh, to discover it's it. Up. It's not just what website. Like, it is. It's like, who's this guy and what website is this? But you can tell it's organized. It's a, it's a story that has been well thought out and the clues have been put together. And this leads to this leads to this. And, you know, the things that when you first hear about the story, like, Whoa! They just disappeared, and how did the bones get there? And uh, uh, whoa, right. they they were bleached, but then there's skin on one of them. It totally, like in my mind, it's like a movie where I'm going, "How are they going to explain this?" And by the end, I'm amazed that they do. Uh, you know, like <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy. I, I just. You definitely think it's one thing, right? You're like, oh, okay, well, they got lost in the fucking jungle, and then, I don't know. Right, and and all the loose ends are tied with this. 
I mean, it right. really explains right. why right. they would be at different levels of decomposition, why they would be, you know, their captivity would be dragged out in a weird way, you know, why they'd be in multiple different places. It, it all it all checks out to me. Yeah. Uh, great verdict, Ian. I'm I'm with you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use the opposite end of the scale just because it happens so infrequently. I'm going case confirmed. This is a cover up. Oh, and, I meant case um, confirmed. Right. I mean, you you said what you meant. I think the bunk bunkers understand it's either case closed or case confirmed. You either case closed on it being they fell, or your case confirmed uh, on for it. For someone being a that listened to sixty eight hundred <laughs> minutes of Mister Bunker last year, I'm ashamed <laughs> that I messed that up. You so rarely get to use a case confirmed as well, so you really got. I couldn't make use believe of that it was. Yeah, I know. Because man. when I first started um, reading the story, I did not think I would be. I was like, "Oh, this seems kind of interesting." Yeah. and I'm I'm pretty blown away by it. Like, I I gotta recommend that it's, YouTube, that shitty YouTube yeah. documentary. I gotta recommend it to to everyone <laughs> out there that's interested, or uh, that the uh, one guy's website. Uh, you look that up. I'll give my verdict here. Case confirmed. Definitely a cover up. Um, there is some. I mean, it is. This is one of the darkest dredges of human mm-hmm. existence. Uh, human trafficking is just. I can't. Uh, it's. It's. Um. It. It. It turns the stomach and it really leaves a fucking. It's sour so taste bad. It's unbelievable much, to me that it's real. It's frequent and it's the worst right, it's ever been. Right. You know. Right, and it's continuing to happen in the modern day where it's like this is just this is. There's been probably thousands of Lasans and Chris's. And that's like some story. breaking bad shit to use a Spanish language school as a front <laughs> for yeah, human yeah, trap. Yeah. Like as this who right. also who like figured this out? Who was like, okay, so we're gonna start a Spanish language school and we're gonna bring in tourists and we're gonna tell the tourists to go here. But really, when they go here, I'm going to have my guy tell them, no, you should go there. And when they go there, that's when we'll get them. But then he'll be the guy that is the one that's supposed to see them. So it'll seem logical when he goes to the police and reports them missing and they wouldn't suspect him because why the fuck would they? Like, who figured this out? This is crazy. This is that criminal mindset. It's this is a tale as old as time. This has been passed down through the ages. Um and it's it's disgusting and it's horrible. And I hope that by us, you know, fucking shedding some light on it and this YouTube series, which do you have the the link? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be it's it's by a, the sure. Yeah, it's, be in it's the called alternate theories. Um, okay. Is the. Who knows? Maybe we can put some pressure on uh, it. Um, the guy's name is Joe Bankston. I mean, right. He, it's not like he has. He did start the second video starts out with some weird production company name. It's like second woke films or something. I was like, it was, I don't know. Whatever, whatever they're doing. Bad production value. Good research. research. Wow. Wait, it only has 33,000 views now, but it was ugh, whatever. It's good. Check it out. Bug bunkers. And when you do let us know, your verdicts on this topic. Use the hashtag. Ian, you got a good hashtag? Hashtag. Uh, take me turn to leave me away from you. Uh, hashtag Toto's Africa. 
hundred by man will ever do. I'm in the rain down in Africa. I'm in the rain down in Africa. Oh, good Lord. Um, Wait, what was the... <laughs> I don't want to use the hashtag the Toto's met- Africa. the metal band you referred to? What was the band in there? You made a joke about a... Van Halen? Van Halen? They have a song called Panama. Yeah. Oh, right. It's Panama. Yeah. Use the hashtag well, Panama. Van Halen's Panama, I think. Use the hashtag Van Halen's Panama. And let us know what you think. Um, obviously, email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. But first, uh, Ian, uh, what exciting adventures... Before you do all that, do you uh, have to very plug soon, I think mid-April to late April, one and done TV very is going to launch. Mid-April. I know I've been t- I've been teasing <laughs> the bunk funkers with this for months. I'd say They've at least three, it, four months now. So uh, that is going to happen. We have some uh, hopefully exciting developments that'll take it a little bit beyond what I hoped it could be. Um, but that's really fun. And uh, obviously, wow. me and Natalie have I don't know what that sweatpants. Means. <laughs> uh, watch yeah. that on YouTube. Again, we've been teasing the bunk funkers with this for watch a while now, but we will re- do more stuff on that channel at some point soon. Uh, soon being relative. Get ready to wait. Get um, ready to wait. And then we're, I don't know, our production company that we're really starting is called uh, yeah. Lack of Hustle Media. And uh, all our stuff is going to be under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. At some point, we'll have a nice, neat website for all that. Wow. Look at that. Uh, Bunkfuckers, check it out. 100% sweatpants. Oh, oh, oh. And Venmo me at Hamilton. Have you ever received a Venmo? No. <laughs> but for your hundreds of thousands you, of, of listeners, yeah, you think I'd get one at Venmo. Uh, you would think you'd get one. But, uh, Bunkfuckers, you could be the first to send Ian Hamilton money. Uh, send me money. Uh, Bunkfuckers, again, one and done TV. You'll you'll be hearing about them as soon as they launch. Trust me. Trust us. Uh, 100% sweatpants and lack of hustle media. You can follow Ian on... Uh, Socials, Instagram at Hamilton. Yeah. That's that's it. But I used you know to have what? a Twitter, they're, they're, and then it drove me insane. Yeah, you, you. I used to see your mad Twitter ramblings. So I'm glad to. Oh yeah, I kind of miss it. It used uh, to be my screaming into the void, but it's no not longer good for a the void. mental health. No. Um, but you know what, bunk funkers, the the Hamiltons and the oh Hamil solid, the the Hamil oh, oh what are you guys fucking sometimes calling yourselves the oh well the oh Hamil Sullivans. <laughs> The, well, you you say oh Hamiltons, which is good. Uh, we'll say O'Sullivans, yeah. uh, oh Hamilvins. Right. You guys are always uh, with and around the circle and in the lore. So bunkfuckers, uh, you'll always be kept up to date on their adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, Ian, any any closing remarks before I fucking eject you out of the bunker? Or actually, you know what? You oh. you need to actually fucking help clean up, Ian. What? Because there is a, I mean, all these fucking plates that aren't flat, well, but like are kind of have a little bit of an index. Yeah, so they're, both, they're like trays almost. I know. We got to fucking, like, you got to clean those out before we put them in the bunker dishwasher. 
Oh, good. Oh, man. I At home, I have this plastic scraper that's so good Ugh. for getting cheese off and stuff. It's just a little plastic thing that yeah. you wouldn't think would be really good. It, you know all those arguments you have about soaking dishes? Oh, for countless. Exactly. Forget it <laughs> because you have this little plastic scraper that does all that for you. Yeah. So I also get ahead of it. And I usually, if I know something is very scrapable, it's going to need scraping later. Or soaking, mm-hmm. I try to get ahead of it, yeah, and then I give it a good uh, wash and scrape later okay. as well. So I'm just gonna plug that plastic uh, scraper. It's really changed our lives, Funkfuckers, There you go. Check it out. Closing statement from Ian. Uh, check out a plastic scraper for getting hard things off stuck surfaces off of uh, the things yeah, you need cheese, to clean. Cheese, you know, yeah, cheese baked uh, on grease, baked if you on burn sauce, something onto yeah. the, yeah. you know. Uh, Bunkfuckers, uh, well, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my Rufusent, Rufusent co-host, Andy Hart, I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. What? Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.